Welcome again to Moving Voices. My name is Peter Roper and it's my pleasure and privilege to share interviews I've gleaned across the country and across the world for us as members of the PSA. And of course we've just had our national conference and it's been a fantastic time for everybody that attended it. And what I wanted to do was share some information with you, particularly for those people that didn't get the chance to go. And we start with our outgoing president, Graham Jones, who's had a fantastic year in taking this organisation forward. So here's my chat with Graham. Graham, we're sitting in the bar uh, just outside the convention at the minute. This is your <laughs> convention, bless you. And uh, everyone's having a fab time, I think. So you've had a real busy year, far busier than people will ever imagine, because <laughs> only presidents understand this. Quite, yeah. So what have you got from this year? Personally, I've got a great deal out of this year because I've got lots of uh, support, I've got lots of help and lots of people I know who are always there to help me and I think that that's the board surrounds me with that kind of care and I know that actually that's a, in a microcosm, a representation of the entire PSA. We heard this morning about, you know, from John Hitaka about asking for help because there are people within the PSA who will help you no matter what it is about your business or even your personal life. There are people, friends here in the PSA who really, really help you. And all that's really happened in the year that I've been president is that it's just confirmed to me that this is a group of people who really, really want to help each other grow as speakers so that we all speak more and speak better. I could agree with you more. Highlights for you? I think the convention obviously is a highlight. Um, we're a, as we record this, obviously we're only about halfway through, but actually everybody so far has told me they're having a lovely time and they've really enjoyed it and they've learned things, they've made loads of notes. I had somebody come up to me last night after the first kind of half a day of the convention saying that he was maybe going to go home today because he'd already learned so much that he couldn't possibly put it all into action. <laughs> and how on earth was he going to be able to, if that's what he got from half a day, what was going to happen over the next day and a half... Yeah. He would have so much to take away with him. So um, I think everybody gets a great deal out of the, this convention and people are, are saying they, they've really, really enjoyed it. Plus, we've given more opportunity for people to connect with each other in formal dinners and so on, and people have really uh, enjoyed that and said they, they found that a great opportunity to, to exchange ideas and catch up with old friends and just have a, a general chat. Some people actually did business uh, and managed to get you know, uh, work and helping each other and business ideas and other people just put the world to rights but they enjoyed it. it yeah, that's the point, it doesn't matter does it because it, 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 people don't understand about the friendship thing until they get involved do they? No. And it, you know, and, it, and it, 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 it's lovely to see that last night you know, the, the noisiest room in the place as usual okay. and the amount of people that were just meeting for the first time but they walked out pals didn't they? Yeah, quite. And I think that's this morning all the people introducing themselves to each other and it's really interesting that the few people that I've already been able to speak to here for the first time have already told me how welcome they've been made to feel and that unlike any other conference where you turn up and you don't know anyone, you're kind of a wallflower um, you know, standing there looking pretty and nobody really taking any notice of you whereas here they feel that they're already part of our family yeah. Other highlights? The highlights of the year have been going around the regions and seeing some fantastic uh, speakers and um, being able to see that the regions are really the heart of what the PSA does and getting to see that they're thriving. There's a couple that need a few more members to go, so if you don't go to your local region, turn up because there's some fantastic learning that goes on at the regions. And I think that uh, I, I went around all the regions apart from Scotland, and I will apologise again to Kenny, although uh, for not turning up. Uh, but it wasn't my fault. Uh, it was Edinburgh Airport's fault. Every time we tried to arrange something, they decided to close Edinburgh Airport because there was half a centimetre of snow about 20 miles away. Didn't Kenny actually crack that Edinburgh Airport was shut for six months? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, any other highlights? Uh, well, I mean, there's just loads of things. You know, if I sit here and think, there's lots of things that have really uh, happened over the year that I think are really, really fantastic. Um, and I think that... You know, we're also part of the international community of speakers, and what we do see is that even at regional meetings, you see people coming, if they're in the UK, they will try and attend a, a PSA meeting, so that the family extends not just around your region, but to nationally in the UK, and if you speak internationally, then internationally as well. So you've only got a few hours left, and then um, you can relax, can't you? Well, I can kind of relax, um, because once I hand over my badge to Derek... 
and he becomes the president uh, for the next year. Uh, what we have in place now that we didn't have before was a strategic planning committee. And the strategic planning committee is looking at forming the PSA's ideas and recommending to the board what we should do over the next five years ahead so that instead of going from year to year we have a plan and we know where we're going as an organisation. What I didn't realise when we set up the strategic planning committee was that the immediate past president becomes the chair of the strategic planning committee. (laughs) So I hand my badge over to Derek and then Sunday morning I'm now chair of the strategic planning committee. Yes, which which I now relinquish, which is fabulous. (laughs) Somehow I stitch myself up for a job without realising it. You you didn't do that quite right, (laughs) did you? And you're you're still looking after the website, of course, aren't you? I am for the moment, yeah, Yeah. um, but we're going to be looking at getting our marketing team to do that. Um, to take that on and do some other stuff with it. Um, We've got some ideas about specialist groups. So one of the ideas that uh, Jeremy Nicholas is looking at is to be able to build a special group of people just after dinner speakers so that there's a focus on the website for those who speak after dinner and sharing ideas and information for after dinner speakers. Well, Graham, you've been a fabulous president. We've had a wonderful year. And uh, in challenging financial times, yeah. it's not been an easy year for you. And I know there's an awful lot of stuff that you've done in, in the background that people wouldn't see. And you only see it at board level or president level. Uh, but you've done a wonderful job. Thank you. And it's time for you to have a rest. But you're not resting really, are you? Not really, no. <laughs> Graham, thanks very much. Thank you. At the convention, I was lucky enough to pick up with Alan Stevens. Now, most of you know Alan Stevens is one of our past presidents and past president of the Global Speakers Federation as well. And in his spare time now, as we smile about things, he's been spending a lot of time on behalf of the association and of the board in discussing with MPI, that's Meeting Planners International, of how to get the association and its members closer together. So here's the conversation I had with Alan at the convention. Alan, it's Saturday afternoon, we're at the PSA convention, and we're having a fab time, aren't we? We are indeed, Peter, we are loving it. As ever. So, uh, I don't want to talk to you about GSF, which of course, in the past, but of course you're now and officially again past it. I am past president of the Global Speakers Federation (laughs) now, and I'm so past it, believe me. (laughs) So that's twice you've been past (laughs) it. Yeah, so um, I want to talk to you about meeting and events industry and MPI yeah. and all that sort of stuff because you've been doing all sorts of things in that recently haven't you? That's right I mean I'm now a member uh, as well as um, the Professional Speaking Association I'm a member of uh, Meeting Professionals International or MPI because there's always been a close bond between speakers and event professionals and, and sometimes it's not, it's not been you know, a tidy relationship because even though we need each other because we go to events and we act as, as MCs and we act as speakers they and we have different interests. You know, they're trying to get the best deal for their client, we're a cost, all that sort of thing. But it seems to me there are, there are more and more opportunities for, and in fact necessities for, collaboration. And, you know, this is, the world's all about collaboration and cooperation these days, and uh, I can't remember who coined the word about cooperation, you know, where you actually yes. work with um, people who were previously seen as competitors. And I think the, the speaking industry and the meetings and event industry are obviously natural partners anyway and I think the more that we speakers can cooperate with event organisers the better it will be for everybody and, and, and for the delegates who come along Yeah I absolutely agree So, you, you say that you feel that life is joining closer in what ways do you think it's closer? Well I think for example what we have effectively are common clients and these are the people who come to the events so Whereas in the past, I think an event organiser has, has looked to see, you know, how can we get some speakers in a bit cheap, and how, you know, what what can we do, and how can yeah. we beat them down, and how can we get free speakers? If you know, they're not looking at it that way anymore. They're looking to see how they can provide the best value to their delegates, because mm. it, it is a tough world. You know, we, we all recognise that, and I think if if we as speakers can help event organisers to sell events mm. to the delegates, and they can work with us to say. How can we work together to provide the best content and the best delivery and the best style of meeting for delegates in the way they want it these days? Then, well, everyone comes out ahead. Everyone's a winner. So I know we were talking before about the fact that I know that you feel the days of a speaker rocking up, doing his 40 minutes and going off is is gone. Long gone, Peter, long gone. It's not a 40-minute speech anymore, if indeed it ever was. Mm. And my view is that speakers should now be looking at having a long-term relationship with their audience. And by long-term, I mean months. I mean months. For example, a couple of months before an event, you can start 
talking to your prospective audience, your potential audience, on social media. You can have a private Facebook group. You can start talking on Twitter. You can start doing webinars. Um, the good thing about that is you get the audience talking to you ahead of the event, and they can say to you, look, Peter, we'd love to hear this from you and that from you. I wonder if we could do some stuff here. Mm. So when you actually, as you say, rock up to the event yep. and you walk on stage, you've already built a relationship. You've already got rapport with that audience, and you can say to them, over the last couple of months, we've been having a dialogue about this, so I know exactly what you guys are looking for. That's what we're going to do. But then during the talk itself, you start. You can use auto-tweet on your, on your PC or keynote tweet on your Mac, and you can actually tweet your presentation out into the, you know, the Twitter sphere, if you want to call it that. So you're not only engaging the people in the room, you're starting to engage people outside the room. So the conference is not just the people in the room. And the value of that's actually marketing as well for the event organiser for you because people are looking in from the outside thinking, well, oh, it's quite interesting what's happening there. And a lot of people now follow the Twitter stream of conferences. I mean, I do. I'm, I'm sure you do too. Mm. And then after the event, you, you can follow up, you can answer people's questions. So in effect, what I'm saying is conference organisers should get much better value out of us as professional speakers. We should offer better value, but our common interest is offering the best possible value and experience to the audience. So if you are a, a, a fairly new speaker to the PSA, mm. you know, a fairly new member perhaps yeah. to the PSA, um, you would obviously advocate join MPI? I would advocate, I, I would advocate getting to know yeah. the people at your local MPI. I mean, M MPI UK, for example, is the same number of members as us, a few hundred members, yeah. so roughly the same number. Go along to one of their meetings, find out who the local people are, get to know your local event organiser. I mean, they have regular monthly meetings. Um, they have get that thing called MPI and a pint in London, really? which, is, which is a monthly social. Anybody can go along. Obviously, you buy yourself a pint or a gin and tonic or whatever, what, or orange juice, whatever your tipple of choice is, and then you just chat and network. And I mean, how, how cool is that? You get a free opportunity mm. to go and mingle with event organisers, mm. and they can talk to you and talk about issues, and you're just sitting there having a nice relaxing drink in a, in a nice bar somewhere. It's starting the dialogue. Hmm. It's getting. It's finding out what our common interest is, and then saying, "All right, how can we best deliver?" So, yes, if you're a new speaker, I would definitely try and build a relationship with your, your event organizer. Follow them on Twitter. There's the, there, there's a, there are hashtags. You know, there's, there's a hashtag for MPI. There's a hashtag called Event Props. Follow those hashtags. Make sure that you know what's going on in the industry. I think it's really good advice, Alan, because, as you say, the industry is changing, mm. and what people want now, they don't, they don't, they don't want the motivational speaker, they don't, um, although there are times when that is useful. Yeah. Uh, what they want is content, isn't they it? They, they want do. value. Yes. They, want, they want instant. I, I, can, yeah. I can see that. I was talking with Terry Brock earlier, and we were mm. talking about the length of a keynote. In our minds, it's always tended to be 40, 45 minutes. Keynotes are getting shorter, aren't they? They are. I mean, I mean, Ted is obviously having an impact on that, bringing yes. down under 20 minutes, TED.com. Yeah. But the fact is, people just don't have so much time these no. days. I mean, events that used to run over three days are being condensed down to one day. Hmm. And although you can't deliver very much in 18 to 20 minutes, by having that relationship outside of the speech, you can actually deliver an immense amount of value. They're actually not a lot of extra work. And the really cool thing for a speaker is you're doing research all the time. Because what that, what that, the impact that has on your future speeches is you know exactly what the market is talking about and what yes. they're doing because you're yes. engaging with them yes. on a daily basis. Yes. Again, hopefully gone are the days where somebody turns up and delivers a, a hackneyed keynote that, it, that uh, mm. has no real interest and doesn't connect to the industry because they, they don't understand what the industry is doing. And what, what you're saying is you're getting in underneath to understand what their real issues are. Well, and I, and I think that's, that's a really important point you make there, Peter, because, because sometimes, and I, I don't want to downplay speaker bureaus, although I think they've got to look at their laurels as well, you know, because speaker bureaus have got to think hard about how they're going to deliver. I get a call from a speaker bureau sometimes and they say, hey, Alan, are you free on the 27th of October? And I think, shouldn't the first question be, could you deliver a speech on this topic to this audience? Hmm. And I, I find it quite intriguing hmm. that people like speaker bureaus are just trying to place somebody in a hole, yeah. a speaker-shaped hole in a yes. conference, and they yes. think that speaker will fit in that hole, without hmm. really saying, "Do you think you can? what value do you think you can add here? Hmm. And that, that's the question they should be asking. I agree with you. And that's really useful. Thanks as ever for My all pleasure. your time on that. And I think the bottom line is go and check out your local MPI channel. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. It's traditional at the convention 
that we have visitors from around the globe. And we were lucky enough to have the National Speakers Association President of the Year, Laura Stack, and I caught up with her briefly to see how she was enjoying our hospitality. So we're sitting here, hopefully in a quieter part of the convention. (laughs) How have you enjoyed it so far? Oh, Peter, it's been lovely. I have really felt welcomed and have experienced a real kindness of spirit and a lot of uh, very friendly folks here in the UK. It's my first time here. So I've had a chance to visit London and Stratford-upon-Avon, and it's uh, it's been a wonderful experience. That's good. I, I, and a lot of people here are crazy, basically, aren't they? <laughs> so, so, so you obviously fitted right in very easily, oh, didn't you? I did, yes. They, they wanted me to stay out at the bar last night mm. with them, and I said, no, no, no mm. more wine for me. I've got a workshop. But well, uh, just, crazy, yes, yeah, crazy Just to fun. say, of course, everybody was in bed right out oh, at 11 o'clock. Yeah, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. 10 o'clock, um. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's great that uh, you're helping, obviously, in speaking here at our convention this year. Thank you. And obviously, you, you, you're doing the president year for NSA, so yes. and you're just into that. So, what are you getting from that? What, what is it doing for you as the president of NSA this hmm. year? Wow, you know, I've really been struck by the global community. I think of speaking. So many people are. Uh, they have blinders on, so to speak, and yeah. really only see their own country, their own world. Mm. And I'm really seeing how this is a global platform and how we can elevate one another and uh, lift each other up. Yeah. And I've really been struck by uh, the kindness and, and the spirit, I think, of community. In the U.S., we call it the spirit of Cabot, yes. of course, yes. after our, our founder. But yes. I really do think it is the spirit of NSA, PSA, whatever mm. your mm. association is called. And that's just such a, a spirit of caring and sharing and giving and of everyone trying to help one another so that mm. we can all do better and increase our footprint, so mm. to speak, in the global speaking community. So I just really love to see how everyone elevates one another. It's been very gratifying. It's lovely to hear that. I, I totally agree. We, we were talking earlier. Last year, my theme was spirit, as you know. Oh, and, yes. And um, it's very special, isn't it? It is. You yes. get a whole bunch of people together, mm. have a bit of a crazy time, <laughs> uh, but they're also giving. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, you it's can a family. To, yeah, you can talk to people about any subject mm-hmm. and they'll you know. share with you. Well, in the conventions like this, you know, people are always so focused on what is the education and who is the speaker and what is this session. But so much of it, I think, is just the, the community, the, mm. the being with your peers, mm. uh, being able to look each other in the eye and mm. give encouragement or praise mm. or feedback, whatever that mm. person needs. Mm. And that, you know, a lot of it is not the formal sessions but just the chats and the connections in, in mm. the hallways and I see that here you know mm. at breakfast at tea ah, <laughs> which we don't have there <laughs> but learning. at tea uh, yeah. uh, you know and in dinner and just in the hallways that there's so much learning and cherishing of one another that occurs there I mm. think that's just as important yeah, I think you're absolutely right and uh, where are you off to next? Well, I head back to uh, London and then uh, back back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. to speak. I'm speaking in Detroit, of all places. So uh, just enjoyed my time here immensely. Had an opportunity to see Big Ben and Westminster Abbey and do Palace. All this stuff. And I do all this stuff. But, yeah. you know, I know probably you've seen that a million times. But for me, it was... Uh, such a treat, you know, just to see a whole the crown jewels, mm. just you know, novelties that we don't we don't have and we've seen from afar, and to yes. actually be there and to experience yeah. uh, the culture here has been a real treat. I went and saw Shakespeare's uh, Hamlet last uh, night. Yeah, in oh, the there Royal you go. That was exciting. Theater. Oh, yeah. it was fantastic! So yeah. really enjoying it. Thank That's you for your hospitality. Well, it's been good fun. I think the convention is going very well. As we record this, we're on. The middle now, I think, of Saturday afternoon. It's been yeah, yesterday it's winding today's. down. Yeah, but, um, but everybody's having a lovely time, and they've got good stuff from it. It was lovely to see you. And I hope Thank to see you, you again Peter. soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. When I took on Moving Voices, I wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to interview people who have been members for some time. And that it's very easy for us to see those members where they are now. You know, their abilities, their skill sets, etc. But of course. 
that wasn't always the case. They all started somewhere. And the next interview is with Richard McCann. Now, Richard has a high profile in the association and a high profile worldwide. And he's been a member for some while now. And I caught up with Richard to say, so what are you getting from the PSA? So, Richard, we're sitting just outside whilst there's one of the sessions on. So thanks for your time. So let's start from scratch. How did you get involved with the PSA at first? I got involved in the PSA in 2005. My first book had just been published. And um, a friend of mine um, suggested that I... She knew I had a story. And I had I had, had one um, invitation to speak at a conference. Now, I didn't even know about the speaking industry. Yeah. Uh, and when um, Dan heard... Um, I heard I'd done this engagement. She said, why don't you go check out the Professional Speaking Association? Mm. I went onto the website, uh, contacted the uh, Clive, Wilson, Clive Wilson, who was the current president, and he, and he invited me down. And I went into that room of you know, fellow speakers, and I, had, and I was so intimidated. Um, but I quite quickly uh, was you know, made to feel really welcome, and I realised um, this, this could be good for my growth uh, both business growth and, and also me as a person because I, was, I wasn't the same person five, six years ago that I am today mm. and so that was the reason I went down there I liked what I saw and I thought it could, go for, could be good for me it's, it's actually changed my life uh, be fair to say it's, it's changed my life so that's why I got involved why have I kept involved? because I know I'm onto a good thing the connections the friendship I mean, the, the network that I've now got in fact I, th I think most of my friends now my current friends are from the Professional Speaking Association or you know um, people I've met throughout my time here so that's why so that's why I'm involved and, yeah. uh, and you know not, not just the friendships but the, the, I've had work via you know the uh, you know the friendships that I've made have been recommended for speaking engagements and it's, it's just being involved in this industry seeing other speakers I mean we're here at the conference I've picked up so many nuggets whilst I'm here that are going to help me grow even further. So I'm not stupid. I can see that you know this is good for a, you know a speaker, and, and, and here I shall remain. Yeah, well, that, that's a really good point about about remaining because a number of people have asked me over the years, why do you stick out? Why is it you know you surely after a few years? I've been in since 2000, so it's 11 years. Uh, surely you've got everything you, you can get from the PSA, but. I don't know about you, but the longer I'm in, the more I realise, the less I know, and therefore the more I need it. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. And yeah, as, as I've just said there, we, 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 learn some, we, we can learn all the time. I have learned so much already. But do, do you know, if I, if I think about leaving the PSA and, 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 and those friendships that I've made, that's a scary thought. I mean, it, it would be, I mean it's a, we all know it's a, la it's a lonely game. Yes. And, I, I don't like the, the thought of that. I, I like to, um, well, the friendships that I've made are too strong anyway. Right. Uh, and it's just a fact. I mean, to come to this conference and to reconnect with all those people, and it's, it's a family. That's how it feels. And, um, yeah, and, and I love the place. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with you, really. Uh, if you were somebody fairly new to the PSA, perhaps take you back to, you know, when you yeah. first walked in, and maybe a bit shy and all yeah. the rest of it. What would you do now? Uh, I don't know if you'd do anything different to what you did. What would you do? What would you suggest to people to do? Well, well, the, fir the first thing, I, I would want them to understand that um, the Professional Speaking Association, it's not full of all those that are out there full-time speaking, because that's what I you know, mistakenly thought. I thought that these were all the big hitters and doing 200 engagements a year. Yes, there are people doing that, but there's people at all levels. Uh, so you know, I, I, the perception I had was 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 incorrect. So I'd just like to reassure those people that are coming for the first time or considering coming. There is people at all levels, and and the great news is they're all there to support one another. And you know that's something that you, yeah. you, you know, I'm I'm not sure how it would be good to not have as part of your kind of personal development. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh yeah, absolutely. You look at it from the perspective of people from all levels, I suppose. Um, how about mentoring? How about masterminds and all that sort of stuff? People talk about mentoring and masterminding in the PSA. Have you got involved with that yourself? I've been involved in two mastermind groups by the, by the PSA, mm. uh, and I'm currently in one. And once again, it's, it's um, I mean, going to the conferences and going to the regional meetings is one thing. And yes, you will have some, some conversations about you know your issues mm. but sitting down with fellow speakers that you know have, have been there and done it and, and can give you their perspective that, mm. that's quality that I mean that's actually priceless mm. so and that's why I'm really glad that I'm involved in the one that I'm in yeah. and uh, and I would I would urge anybody that's not in one to, to go out of the way and to, to make one create one make it happen 
It's interesting what you say with that because you know I've spoken to people in the past and they, you know they've said, oh, if only I could be asked to do something. Well, go and do it. Basically, mm-hmm. I think that the funny thing is, is all you have to do is ask. I mean, we, we've heard that uh, you know said in one or two of the speeches today. All you've got to do is ask for something, yeah. and, and it will appear, won't it? Um, so getting involved. And of course, you got involved with the PSA itself, didn't you? With the, with the, the North East chapter as well, and you helped there as well, didn't you? Well, I'm, c- I'm currently yeah. president for the, yeah. the North East region, and um, and I love it. You know, I, I love being part of it, and I love being there for those that are where I was five years ago and mm. welcoming them in. And, and because I've been there, well, we've all been there, and it's just a pleasure to be uh, to be there for them and, and to watch yeah. them grow and, and you know mentor them where necessary. Mm. So, if I was to say. What, Bottom line, what's the one thing for you that, you, that, that, that holds you in the PSA? It's the it's it's the friendships, the connection, the, yeah. the it's the, the, that that family feel. Well, it's all linked, isn't it? It's the connections yeah. that I've got. Richard, thanks for your time. Speak to you soon. Thanks Thank a lot. Following on my theme when interviewing Richard McCann, I decided I should interview another stalwart of the association, somebody who is past president, who is uh, a guardian director of the PSA and has been an all-round good guy for the PSA for many years now, and that's Roger Harrop. Again, I asked him the question of how did he get started in this game? How did he get started in the business? And why has he continued to serve the PSA? Roger, it's a Saturday morning. We've got a few minutes break here at the convention. We're having a fab time, aren't we? Absolutely, Peter. So uh, this Moving Voices recording, I thought we'd just take you back a little bit. Um, well, first of all, this for everybody uh, that uh, is listening to this, what is it do you do these days as a speaker? Basically, I improve the profitable growth of businesses. I, I help businesses to be successful, whether it's a one-man startup, whether it's a speaking business, or indeed the biggest corporate in the world. All of those are the people I address. So I, it's business leaders of one sort or another I'm talking to. And how long have you been doing that now? It's now about eight years. Really? About eight years, yeah. And you came from a corporate career originally, didn't you? Yeah, I gave up the corporate career, got into consulting and, and all that. And then, uh, to be honest with you, I started speaking at uh, one or two of the CEO groups. And I seemed to be pretty successful at that. And then one day, I suddenly thought, professional speaker? I think I might be a professional speaker because I'm being paid to speak. And it was Brian Churnett, actually, of the Academy for Chief Executives, said, look... Um, why don't you go along to the PSA convention? Convention. You can go in as a member rate because you speak for us. Go along and see what you think. And I came to my first ever PSA convention, was absolutely blown away. I've never missed one since. I've been to conventions all over the world ever since. And I owe a massive, massive de- debt of gratitude to the PSA. Um, that's where I, why I'm where I am now, flying all around the world, being paid silly money to do what I enjoy. It's wonderful. And it's a wonderful thing when it goes right, isn't it? So, it certainly is. So a couple of things, I suppose, really. The first one is you say you owe a massive debt. Why? What have you actually got from it? If, if, if somebody listening to this now, they're recently joined as a, a member or an associate, what is it that you've got and that continu- continues to get and you keep coming back? What is it? What I always did you get originally? Okay, I always come back to those two things that we say that, that, that we do in the PSA, and that's help speakers speak, speak more and speak better. And the speak better one is the first part, which is it is a profession like any other, and you've got to learn the tools of the trade. I didn't know what platform mechanics was when I started out. I had to learn it all. I had to learn what you do on the stage. I had to learn how you can address the audience. I had to learn that these days you often have to look at the camera as well as the audience because they're all looking at the pictures either side. You've got to learn all that stuff. The construction of your keynote and how you're taking people through an emotional journey. I had to learn that. The business side, just because of my background, wasn't something that was, uh, in my case, so important perhaps. But for other people it is. You're running a business if you're a speaker. Unless you've got a significant private income, you're there to make money and never lose sight of that. Um, So there's all that, I'll just call it education side, that is so vital. Joining a mastermind group, learning off each other. The whole of that, everything came from the PSA as far as I'm concerned. And the bit about speaking more, of course, is... Something you find uh, relatively quickly, Peter, don't you? That, you know, when you've had a successful uh, booking, they take your advice over everyone else's when they say, who do you think we ought to have to speak at this event next year? Absolutely. They listen to a speaker more than anyone else. So that's the other part of this. We're recommending each other. And, of course, you know, a little word of caution, I suppose, isn't it? Which is it's our credibility on the line. And I don't know about you, 
but I never recommend a speaker unless I've personally seen them speak. And of course, often it's at the convention where I've seen them speak, so that's another reason to come. Um, and you know, we all have our little groups of people who we recommend, they recommend us, and that's how, that's how you start growing your business. Well, interesting though, Roger, is that <coughs> you're, you're not a person that comes to just the conventions, are you? You, know, you, you get yourself around the regions to the various region, sure. regional meetings, and I know you get a great kick out of it, you know, particularly coming up to the Midlands or what mm-hmm. have you. Why do you do that? Well, I guess it's a couple of things, uh, Peter. One is <clears throat> what I already said, which is I owe a debt of gratitude to the PSA and I want to give something back. What goes with that is, excuse me, <clears throat> in my entire career, I have never come across an industry like this where everyone helps everyone else. And if you like, it's my turn to be giving stuff back. I mean, that feels a bit, it may sound a bit over the top, but I feel that's appropriate, that I ought to be doing that. But having said that, I'm learning as well. All the time you're learning. It doesn't matter who you're seeing on the stage, whether it's the, the greenest, newest associate on the stage. There's always something you're picking up where you go, oh, wow, yeah, that's pretty good. So I love that. So the more I can see professional speakers speak, the better, no matter what stage they are in their career. And of course, uh, you got involved uh, with the PSA in terms of helping, didn't you? You know, eventually became president. And in fact, I took over from you. You did indeed. Yes, I got stitched up. No, I didn't Poison chalice. No, yes, no, no. Yes. But, but uh, why did you do it? Oh, I guess it's just the same reason, really. I, well, two. As, as you're really asking me the question on the nose, two. One is the giving back thing. But the other was, to be honest, because of my background, I thought I could help. I mean, I mean all organisations as they grow, you know, go have tipping points and go through different stages in their development. And just because of my background, I thought I could be the one who brought in some of the boring left brain stuff into the organisation, a few procedures, a few ways of doing things, so we weren't reinventing the wheel to help the organisation to move on from there. That was my thinking. Um, so that's why I did it. And you'd advocate anybody to get involved? Oh, for sure, you? for sure. And, you know, you make lifelong friends around that boardroom table, to be honest, and, you, you know, you're always having a laugh at the same time as we're really committed to this organisation and moving it forward. And maybe something I ought to go back to, an earlier question of yours in terms of what one gets out of it. What I have omitted to mention is the international organisation, the Global Speakers Federation. I can't remember how many. Do you know it's 12 or 14, I think, associations around the world are now members and I've been to and spoken with probably about eight or nine of those. And because I speak internationally anyway, and that's wonderful. So when I very, the very first time I went to speak in Singapore, I got in touch with the local uh, GSF association and said, can I come and give my keynote to you? And I want you to critique it. Do the jokes work here? Do you do all and that's what they did. Wonderful stuff. And every time, when I'm, whenever I'm going to any of these, uh, anywhere around the world, I'll always get in touch with the local association, see if I can help them, see if they can help me. You know, we're, we're part of a very big family. And then every two years, there is the Global Speakers Summit, where the GSF has their convention, where everyone comes together. There's been four so far, and I've been to every one, and I've, I've, I've loved it. So, uh, started in Singapore, du- next one was Dubai, Cape Town, and then this year was in um, Holland. And then the next one is in December 2013 in Vancouver, and I've already booked for that. My wife's coming too, so anyone who's listening to this, get booked, because the GSS is just fantastic. It's interesting, you know, perhaps finally, though, this short interview. I mean, you are well known for speaking abroad. I mean, you love speaking abroad, mm-hmm. don't you? And uh, you don't also speak abroad, do you, though? I mean, you speak just as much nationally as well. Oh, absolutely, well. yeah. And so you blend the two, don't sure. you? And, and why do you do that? Well, again, a very insightful question from you, Peter, because I tell, tell you a little story. Um, I've, over the last few years, I've done quite a lot of uh, masterclasses in Pakistan. I've been going to Pakistan about every three months for the last two, two, two and a half years. And typically, I have a group of between 12 and 20 business leaders, from tiny businesses up to large businesses, for the day. And with all the problems they've got in Pakistan, they're always sparky, they're positive, they're can-do. And I come back here, and I've got a similar group in Birmingham or in Leeds, as I had this week, and to be honest with you, I lay into them now. The moment they start saying, oh, it's the recession, you know, this, and I say, I don't accept that. I've just come back from Pakistan. If they can be positive, so can you. There's every possible opportunity for you out there. Get on and do it. Yes. So I've started to get, if you like, a bit more confrontational with my delegates in my workshops. 
and the interesting thing is they love it <laughs> <laughs> they so, love it so what you're saying is the number one rule is abuse your audience more or less yes. <laughs> more or less uh, Roger just before I forget um, uh, I know that you're a very giving person uh, if, if people want to get in touch with you as you know, as members of the PSA I just want to know more about what you do what, what's your website details uh, www.rogerharrop and that's H-A-R-R-O-P dot com and my email is roger at rogerharrop.com so yeah please absolutely anyone drop me an email get in touch I'd love to uh, to get involved fabulous Roger thanks for your time pleasure you know we're very lucky to get visitors overseas to come back to us again and again and I was so pleased to have the chance to catch up with a person that finished main platform speaking on Saturday which was the closing address and that was Terry Brock now, Terry's been across to the UK on a number of occasions, and he always provides great value. So I was really pleased to just catch up with him just literally a few minutes before he was going to speak uh, at the convention itself. So here's my chat with Terry. Terry, it's great to see you again at the PSA convention. I can't remember how many years is it since we saw you last time? Way too long, because I'm always having a great time when I'm here, and it's so much fun. And you're looking prettier than ever. Oh, thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, I owe you a beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're talking uh, today about what? I'm going to be talking about a number of things in technology, and particularly with the benefits that we have. Right now, we've got a feature called the cloud. And what it means is your computer, as in all the things that you're using now, are stored on the network. So you can access it. What that means is we've got advantages today they didn't have a few years ago. Like, for instance, Peter, suppose a few years ago you were a crack programmer. I mean, you were really good, and you wanted to get started. Well, to do that, you had to go out and buy a lot of equipment. You had to get the hardware. You had to get the servers. You had to get the uh, the air conditioning units to keep them cool. You had to get all that. Then, once that's done after a lot of money and a whole lot of time, now you've got to start loading the software on there. And you got to get somebody to check it and all this. you got to get all kinds of resources to do it. Today, you're a good programmer. You want to get started? Get yourself a good, reasonably good laptop, maybe even a tablet of some sort, an iPad or whatever, and you tap into the cloud. Somebody else has already got that equipment that you need. They're taking care of it, and you're up and running. Mm-hmm. You're producing. You're getting dollars, pounds, euros, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. coming Gold bullion, that'd be even better. Yeah, that'd definitely good. <laughs> in today's market, coming in. So what it means is you can react faster. And when you can really tap into it, that's critical because money loves speed. Mm-hmm. And when you can turn out a quality product for a client rapidly with what they want and make them go, wow then you're really on to something. And today we have the opportunity to do it more than ever, even in this economy. I think you're absolutely right. We, we provide all sorts of services for our clients now, and it's the value-added stuff that they really love. It's you know, when mm. you're recording the sessions, etc. you're giving them those that sort of things. And, of course, it's a budget thing as well. Mm-hmm. If you say to somebody, okay, here's my standard speaker fee, for instance, they may have some challenges because that doesn't kind of fit... The, you know, the cost center budget. Wow, but, three quid a day? Hey, Whoa. Well, I've, 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 I've got expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, the thing is, if you say to them, well, how about your educational budget, for instance? Right. Well, we'll provide this, we'll provide that. And if you can provide stuff quickly, as you say, with MP3s or that downloads, whatever it is, podcasts, whatever, um, it makes such a difference. Oh, exactly. And what we've got to do is we've got to think of ourselves not as speakers. I know we're Professional Speakers Association. In America, it's the National Speakers Association. Those are good titles. I don't think we should change them. But I think we've got to think differently. We've got to realize we're audio producers. We're speakers. We're coaches. We're consultants. We're editors. For instance, AT&T came to me and asked me to be their editor-in-chief for their big blog they've got going now. So I've got about 100 geniuses around the country giving me information on what's happening with cloud, with mobile mobility with security. These guys are just geniuses. They come to me and they're sending the articles. I get to edit them. I get to read them. I get to interact with them, talk with them about that. Uh, Skype, a few moments ago, asked me, moments in the imperative time, came and asked me to be their chief enterprise blogger. And I got a chance to work with them, helping them with Twitter, with Facebook, with LinkedIn, all of these things, because we're communicators. If we think of ourselves as, I am a speaker, Hmm. I will fly to Newcastle, do the speech, and then fly back, and that's what I do, and you pay me X pounds. Well, you know, how 20th century? Instead, (laughs) think of yourself as a communicator, so you go, yeah, I can do that, I can do And as a communicator, we write, we speak, yes, we will continue to do that. We will speak, we will consult, we will do lots of things to help solve problems for people. Hmm. And if we look at it that way, we're going to be farther ahead. 
think so. I mean, we're recording this now. It's October of 2011. And if you just think over the last couple of years how technology has moved, tech has moved so fast. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting quicker and quicker and quicker. I'm surprised you can actually stay with what's going on. Yeah, it's very difficult, I'll tell you. But it's also exhilarating. And I would say, fasten your seatbelt because it's going to go even faster. And that's the way it is. And so we might go, oh, no, it's going faster. But wait a minute. What we've got to do is go back to the wisdom. I love reading the wisdom literature and talking about being centered within yourself and knowing your purpose of what you're going to do. One of the things I talk about in my coaching program, I say, every day, every day of your life, you should have S-E-M, study. So you learn. You're reading books. You're listening to good quality audio. Yeah. You're doing. You're talking with people. Going to a conference. You learn something every day. Every day. E exercise. Got to take care of your body. Yeah. Got to exercise. You know, uh, with aerobic strength building. Those kind of things. There. And M meditation. Some quiet time, whether it's prayer or quiet time, reflection, whatever works for you, so that you can kind of get centered in the midst of all this. That means you turn off the mobile phone. You turn off your email. The world will continue going. You know, do it for 20 minutes is what we find really works well for that. And then with that SEM working for you, you are able to handle a lot more of the technology and the changes that are coming at Blitzkrieg fashion. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's really good advice. If you were a budding speaker... You've just perhaps joined the PSA, you're an associate or what have you. Maybe you're here today, uh, maybe you're just getting involved in the PSA. And if I take you back to when you joined the PSA, if you like, which, how, how long will the NSA? Well, I joined NSA that? in 1988, so I figure I'm just getting started yeah, now. Exactly. And I, started, I joined the PSA in 2000, so what's the one thing that keeps you in? I find that it's actually two things that are keeping me in. Number one is uh, the education. That's important. I'm learning a lot that way. I was a speaker before I joined NSA. I'd been doing it for five years and doing very well. I enjoyed that. But, boy, it took off when I joined NSA because I learned a lot. And that education is very important. But the most important thing, the community, the people that I get to know, that you see time after time. It doesn't happen one time. You don't go to one event and go, well, I didn't see anybody there. There's no good. I'm dropping out. Well, Sparky, get with the program. You know, <laughs> you got to learn what, how the world works. If you get to know people and you're giving and contributing and you're getting involved, then you're going to be able to go farther ahead. And until then, you know, you're not going to go far. But you combine those two, the education and the community, and really get in, integrally involved in not only PSA UK, but the international community of the Global Speakers Federation. Mm-hmm. Working with that, getting to know people around the world, your career can be a whole lot better. Terry, I know you're off to do your keynote in a bit, so thanks very much indeed for your time. Thank Peter, you. it's an honor to be with you. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Thank you. Well, the president is dead. Long live the president. That's the phrase that people use. And, of course, we've said goodbye to Graham Jones, who's had a fantastic time. And I really enjoyed interviewing Graham earlier on this edition of Moving Voices. So now we have somebody else. And I'm pleased to say it's somebody who I know is going to be fantastic as a president this year. And that's Derek Arden. I've known Derek for many years, and he's a very solid, upstanding individual that will do a fantastic job and will look at things from a different perspective and enable the opportunity for members to really take the PSA forward. And I thought it was right that I catch up with Derek to find out more about how he got involved with the PSA, but also what his thoughts are for his presidential year. Well, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by our new president for 2011-12, Derek Arden. Derek, nice to speak to you. Peter, delighted. So we had a fabulous convention a few days ago, and have you settled in? Well, I've settled in. I've been surprised with the amount of things that... um I have to do as president, but then I shouldn't be surprised, should I, that these things happen in life. No, I guess so. It's, you know, um, experience tells me from, from myself and from talking to all of the past presidents, it becomes a whirlwind, doesn't it, really? And uh, I think you're off and running at a very fast pace. Well, I've been uh, very lucky to be uh, taken over from Graham and you and Roger and Alan, so uh, that's been uh, fantastic. We've got a few challenges in the organisation, like all associations. Uh, numbers are down a bit. We've got some plans to do something about that and uh, revive uh, our uh, fabulous association, which uh, provides all sorts of benefit to our members. And, of course, we're privileged to uh, change the lives of some of the people that uh, listen to us. So um, I wanted to tell you, Peter, about um, our uh, ideas to get new members and also the uh, £25 uh, convention uh, discount that people will get for every one new member that they uh, sign up. I mean associates and members, of course. Well, that's, that's fabulous. I, I think anybody listening, uh, where, where they, perhaps they can make or save some money, and now we're all ears. So we've got our um, 
spring uh, meeting, uh, national meeting. We're not going to call it a convention this year. We're going to call it uh, Collaboration 2012 in the spring, which will be on April the 14th um, in a venue in London. I haven't actually signed the contract at the Ambassador's Hotel where we, where we um, had it last year, but I think I will, providing they can give me a few reassurances uh, on a few minor points that I need to do. So I'll be on April the 14th with a fellows meeting the night before, and anybody that decides to stay in London, no doubt a bit of dinner together. And then our autumn convention will be uh, on the 5th to the 7th of October. Again, at a venue once I've uh, got myself negotiating with venues. Spoken and truly as the negotiator everybody knows you to be, which is fab, really. What is it that you want to see in your 12 months, Derek? I know all presidents are the same. They all have their, their themes and their ideas and everyone tries their best to, to, uh, to do what they can. What is it for you for this year? What can you share with the people that are listening to this? Well, I've called, um, called the year collaboration, and I really do mean that because we're in a business which uh, the more we can share with each other, the more we can uh, increase our knowledge, the more we can help other people increase our knowledge, the um, more there is to go around for everybody. Whilst we are com competitors sometimes, we're not really competitors because everybody needs a speaker. People have been speaking uh, since the world began, People have been orators, and we can always learn. As you know, I've been to um, I've been to America to the American Speakers Conference about eight times. I never cease to come back with uh, many many learnings. You know, they have four days of uh, four days of a convention, and there's some amazing speakers. And I bring stuff back, and we share it. And I go to our convention. I learn some more stuff, and I share it with other people. And the regional meeting was a fabulous regional meeting in the Midlands. Uh, Last week, Peter, run by Leslie, who's a fantastic uh, regional president, as are the others, and uh, she had a great speaker there, and um, we did a little sharing. I met their, uh, I met their committee, terrific committee, really go go, and uh, they're really putting the Midlands uh, back on the map, which is uh, terrific. So um, yeah, we're sharing, collaborating, making things happen, um, and. Uh, Two and two, perhaps make 16, like those people that uh, did the two ball Nords and Crosses exercise uh, when I spoke at the uh, end of the uh, 2011 convention. I, I totally agree with you. You know, as you know, Derek, that um, it, collaboration is, is all part of the spirit of the PSA, as I see it, and, and uh, undoubtedly, the, the more that we can help each other, you know, we're in challenging times. I don't, I don't want us to be negative on it. I mean, life's a bit tougher, but you know what? You just get on with it, don't you? So. Uh, I think that the whole thing about the PSA is the fact that we will help each other. And uh, what were your thoughts on the convention, by the way? I thought the convention was terrific. I, I don't know if some people realise that we did uh, negotiate quite a special deal to keep the price down this year, uh, which is why we only had the main platform on the Saturday uh, and we used the upstairs room on the Friday afternoon and on the Sunday. Um, but uh, people did like the uh, short, sharp sessions, particularly when we whizzed into facts. People seem to want information these days and facts. I thought John Hatalka, just to name one of the speakers, did a fantastic um, uh, keynote on the Saturday morning kicking the uh, convention off. But I thought we had a lot of really good value, a lot of good speakers, and um, the whole atmosphere was uh, collaboration. I hadn't even started it, but it, it, the whole atmosphere was buzzy. It was, uh, so Graham did a great job in, uh, in organising it, and it was terrific and we had fabulous feedback. Yeah, I, I've seen the feedback. It is truly superb again. And you know, over the last handful of years, and undoubtedly the conventions that I think have gone from strength to strength. I know we keep altering things, tweaking things, because you know you listen to the membership of what worked, perhaps what didn't work so well, and how you know people would like more of this or less of that. And it's a balancing act. But for me personally, I thought it was a great convention. I really do. I think it was a good balance of great content, high quality people, uh, a, a, a variety of information from a number of different sources, and I, and I thought it launched you into collaboration really, really, really well. So, so we've got things to look forward to. We've got things to look forward to with the, with, with, uh, the different regions. We've got things to look forward to in the spring and the autumn. And I imagine that you'll be whizzing around to all the groups as much as you can. Yeah, I'm going to go to the uh, northeast region uh, Saturday week, and. Um 
Mindy has asked me to speak and uh, give an update on the PSA at, on the 12th of November at uh, the London region. And then I hope to get to the east, uh, hope to get to the northwest. And uh, Kenny said I've got to go to Scotland as well. So um, we're going to be, um, we're going to, I'm going to be pretty busy travelling, but I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm really fired up, and uh, if um, I can help anybody in any way, that would be great. And I've also got a brilliant board who um, are totally supportive, give their time absolutely for nothing to the PSA, which is brilliant. So, you know, leadership's, uh, leadership's one thing, but when you've got support of uh, a terrific board, that's marvellous. Derek, it's really great to see that you're, you're, you're off and running as president. I know you're going to be fabulous, and it's going to be a fabulous year. And uh, uh, we'll look forward to recording you again on another uh, Moving Voices in the near future. Thanks very much indeed. Peter, thank you. There you go. That's the end of Moving Voices for this month. My thanks to Graham Jones, to Alan Stevens, to Laura Stack, to Richard McCann, to Roger Harrop, and, of course, to our new president, Derek Harden. This is Peter Roper, and this has been a Positive Ground production on behalf of the Professional Speaking Association, and I really look forward to sharing some more interviews with you in the very near future. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.